Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mac and Jack and Jim's Big Football Show as we're here live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. I'm your host, Mac, with your co-host, Jack. Joining us later in the show will be our other co-host, legendary Dallas Cowboy football player defensive engine, Jeff Coat. Um, Jack, we'll have on the show today, we'll have on Keith Angle with the Patriots preview. We'll have on the Jet Man with the Jet Jets preview. We'll have on Robert Butler with his sports commentary. Always great to have him on. And then we'll have the Philly guy, Jamie Pags, in live as he, the Eagles are playing the Giants today. He'll be on his way either to uh, the Meadowlands or he'll be there by then. So we'll, we'll have our live report uh, on the Eagles-Giants uh, today. So a lot of great games. Uh, Jack, of course, as most of you know, good morning to Keith. How you doing today? As most of you know, Jack is a legendary boxing writer, and he was at ringside for a big fight. So before we get into our football, Jack, let us know about what happened last night. Big fight, big upset. Right. It's football Sunday, so I'm not going to take long saying this, but it was an electric atmosphere at Madison Square Garden, small arena, the Hulu Theater, where Teofimo Lopez, coming off his victory over Vasily Lomachenko, was upset by George Cambosis from Australia. We knew Cambosis was a competent ringman, unbeaten in his own right, but few expected him to win. The thought was, well, he has a chance, an outside chance, but it was a terrific fight. I mean, Lopez predicted a first-round knockout, Mac, and he went swinging for the fences at the opening bell. He was going all out like he was behind on points with a minute left. And by the end of the round, Cambosis floored Lopez, knocked him down, actually. And then Lopez hurt Cambosis very badly in the 10th round. It looked like Cambosis was ready to go. And for some reason, Lopez, maybe it was fatigue, just didn't follow up on it all out. And it came down to the wire, very close fight. I had Cambosis edging it by a couple of points. The judges scored for Cambosis by a split decision. He's the new lightweight champion of the world. And we're going to talk about it on tomorrow's show, myself and Frank Letterzo, Gloved Fist. So tune in to you, our YouTube channel at 7 o'clock tomorrow evening, and we're going to have a full analysis of the big fight. Excellent. Exciting fight. Big upset. So, folks, mm. there you go. Cambosis over Lopez, the new lightweight champion. So, Jack, every 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 Sunday we start off with the college scores, and it was rivalry weekend. We had all the rivals playing each other. It's very exciting, and we had a major upset there too. As Michigan beats Ohio State, first time Jim Harbaugh beats Ohio State, first time I think in twelve years that Michigan beats Ohio State, and they win playing physical football, running the ball hard, good defense. They win forty-two to twenty-seven. So. Uh, Michigan's going to move up, and Ohio State's going to fall back in the top 10 rating easily. Everybody had Ohio State going to win that game, but they didn't. Michigan upsets Ohio State. Well, that's the one game Michigan really had to win to kind of get over the top with their program. And Jim Harpo, who'd been on the, you know, a bit of heat for years because he hadn't quite delivered the way Michigan was hoping he would. Yeah, let's put it this way. Their alumni is very happy today. Oh, no doubt, Jack. I think it kind of 
you know, we've been waiting for Jim Harbaugh to, to bring Michigan to the top. And with the Ohio State win this year, now I don't know if they can compete with Georgia. I don't know if they could, but guess what? They're up there in the top, probably top four now, I would think. Yeah, we'll had see. they gotten over the top against Michigan State in that close game they lost earlier this year, I mean, they would really be in the running for the national championship. I mean, who knows? The year's not over yet. Anything can happen. You're right. And they'll be playing Iowa next week, and Iowa is no pushover. So let's see if they, you know, if they haven't spent themselves and they and they get, get upset by Iowa. But anyway, Notre Dame beats Stanford 45-14. to 14. Notre Dame really getting it, pouring it on at the end of the year, playing a lot better than they did in the beginning, but they have no more games, Jack. So they're going to have to wait and see what happens. If something happens in the top four for them to get a shot in the playoff. They have the the magic name. If there's any way they could be put in the top four by the people who make the decision, any way at all, they're looking out for Notre Dame, put it that way. They, they, They have the magic name. Especially with a Notre Dame uh, alumni on the committee. Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma number seven. Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, who was number 10, 37 to 33. Uh, outstanding game. Mississippi- there was a crazy play at the end. I haven't had a chance to see it yet because I was at the fight, but I'm going to take a look at it later. Oh, it was a great game, Jack. It was, it, was, it was a great game. Oklahoma came back in that one. And Mississippi beats Mississippi State. They're Mississippi's number eight, 31. To 21, Cincinnati takes care of business, beating East Carolina. 35. Cincinnati always takes care of business. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, Jack. I still don't believe in them. Number nine, Baylor beats Texas Tech 27-24. Talk about a surprise. Nobody picked Baylor to have a great year. They're number nine uh, right now near the end of the year. Georgia destroys Georgia Tech 45 to nothing, Jack. It's a powerhouse. I don't know if anybody can, uh, can beat Georgia this year. We'll find out. They have a great, great, they have an elite defense, George, I'll tell you. An elite defense. And to beat Georgia, it's going to really have to be in a low scoring (laughs) game because you're not going to put up a lot of points against their defense. And basically, you're going to have to shut their offense down, you know, get a couple of turnovers, a couple of breaks, you know, execute perfectly. Uh, Georgia's going to be very tough to beat out. No doubt. And, and, and good morning to Carlos. You're right. Maybe this is the first time that Notre Dame does, even though they lost to Cincinnati at the beginning of the year. This may be the first time Notre Dame really has a great team and won't make the championship. But, you know, that's, that's what you call karma, Jack, right? You keep getting in there and you don't have a great team just because of your name. And, and you're not that good. So we, You know, who wants to see Notre Dame get into the playoffs and then get beaten badly? I mean, right. it's kind of predictable if Notre Dame can somehow back in. Does anyone really think they're going to make a serious run at the national championship? Oh, you got believers. You got believers, Jack. You know, there's fans, man. Fans believe anything. You know that. Fans yeah, believe I, I mean, I still think the Giants can make the playoffs, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, realistically, they can't. But down deep, you, yeah, you never know. Um, and in four overtimes, now, people talk about college rivalries, right? They talk about the great Michigan. Are you switching to the NBA, Mac, four no, overtimes? No, We're not going to the NBA. Don't even start with me. Or basketball. Alabama, number three, beats Auburn in four overtimes, 24 to 22. Now, quick story for you, very quick, because we got Keith Waiting backstage with the Patriots preview. 
the assistant producer of the show got caught down in Alabama. She she traveled the South quite a bit, and she didn't know Alabama and Auburn were playing that Saturday. Oh, so she was in the diet. She was eating somewhere, and she ate, and she, she she you know she's ready to leave, and she goes to leave. The whole town is closed down. You can't get out. So whether she liked it or not, she was participating in the Alabama Auburn rivalry, and she just couldn't get out of out of town. And and she uh she ended up buying a little souvenir that says "Roll Tide" on it. So so anyway, so she became a uh, a semi Alabama fan. So that's, Listen, that's uh, just one quick thing about Nick Saban. Uh, the Alabama head coach, he was very critical of the Alabama fans early in the week because he says they're spoiled. They're winning their games, but because they're not blowing opponents out, the Alabama fans have been a, a little critical of the team. And Nick Saban says he's tired of it. I mean, he said before he got there, they had hard t- a hard time putting together a winning program. And they've been so dominant that winning in itself isn't good enough for the Alabama fans right now, Nick Saban was saying. And you could tell he's perturbed about it. Uh, he'll live with it. He's making enough money. I think he'll get over it. Joining <laughs> us right now, our other co-host, the legendary, greatest defensive end in Dallas Cowboy history, Jim Jeff Cole. Good morning, Jim. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So we just – oh, Rough Thursday. Yes, yes. We just we're just quickly getting through the college uh, football thing. We got we got Keith backstage with the Patriots preview, so I want to bring him in and let's get that rock. And of course, Keith has a great college show. If you get a chance, folks, go over to Northeast Streaming Sports and check out the College Football Huddle. It's a great college football show. If you love that, and Keith loves college football, so let's bring him in and we'll talk maybe a little bit about college really quick, and then we'll get on to the Patriots, which is the real reason why he gets paid all that money. We bring him in. Yeah. Oh, the money, the money. That's why I'm here. Welcome, yeah, gentlemen. That's the money. Of course it is, Keith. You know that. Otherwise, we couldn't get you on. Uh, so, Keith, I mean, you follow college football as much, if not more, than anybody. you got a great show, as I was saying before you came on. By the way, this is Keith Angle from TGI Sports Talk. Great show. Um, so, anything surprised you yesterday? I mean, were you surprised that Michigan went up the that beat in Ohio State? I was shocked, and not just by the result, but by how uh, Michigan pretty much dominated Ohio State for the day. The conditions were good for them, obviously, with a little bit of uh, an off track, but I was surprised how well the Michigan defense played, and uh, Harbaugh gets that monkey off his back, and it's a big deal. And uh, Ohio State's now out of the playoff. Yes, On that note, don't you think that um, the weather, like you said, helped them, but you got to remember – Stout has never played in this kind of weather. Great. And there, and a lot of the players are from around the country now at Ohio State. And a lot of them probably were out there like, wow, it's snowing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. That makes a difference. Yeah, I I agree that it did have a a huge effect on on the game yesterday. But you can't, and I don't want to dismiss, you know, how well Michigan played. And uh, they're a good football team. You know, they, they lost to Michigan State. Which is kind of an aberration, I think, because uh, I mean, obviously, Michigan State got beat by you know forty points the week before by Ohio State. So. Yeah, that was a back and forth game. Don't take the credit away from Michigan State. I actually watched that game. It was a last man standing game. Yeah, you know, whoever had the ball at the end was going to win. Well, they had a two touchdown lead in the you know fourth quarter too. Michigan did. Yeah, so. yeah, true, true, and and 
And the other the other one I want to look at is, is Notre Dame for a second. They lost to Cincinnati early in the season. Yeah. And it looks like they got a real good team here at the end. But guess what? You know, first I'm going to say karma because, uh, you know, they get in whether they have a good team or not. And secondly, uh, you know, they've got to find a way to play some extra games at the end of the year, whether it's against a, a team from the independent league or something, because they're always left at the end, not playing a championship game and waiting for other people to lose, Keith. Well, you know, they want to hang out there in their end and, and keep all that TV money for themselves and keep all that bowl game money for themselves. They don't have to split it amongst 10 other teams or 12 other teams, right, when they go to a big bowl. Um, but the reality is eventually they're going to have to join a league because of that reason. And just the way that all the realignment is is, is hashing out, uh, they're not even going to be able to schedule at some point. Yeah. You know, and Notre Dame plays – the schedule they play, it's very interesting because there's some years that the schedule they played this year would have been a monster schedule, right? And this year, a lot of those teams were down, which helps Notre Dame. I, th- I think it's going to be interesting whether Tuesday night they jump into the the, the four because Ohio State's fallen out, obviously. It's going to be interesting whether it's Oklahoma State or, uh, or Notre Dame that jumps in, in my mind. But don't yeah. you think that uh, here's the thing that nobody's talking about. If Alabama loses the SEC championship game, there has never been a two-loss team in the Final Four. And we all know that. Yeah. So now you say, I would think Michigan would be the common. They should be in the Final Four right now. They should be. But Notre Dame and Oklahoma State have an argument, too, like you said. Yeah. But, Jim, is it about fairness or is it about ratings? A two-loss Alabama team – means more than even a no-loss team like Cincinnati. Oh, okay? if you want to see outrage, let Oklahoma get in with – let, let them get in with two losses and Cincinnati stay home with none, and you'll see that everything – the people's heads. I don't think that's going to happen. No, no, I mean, that's too much of a disparity, but what I'm trying to say is Alabama means ratings. I mean, I know, but here's the thing. You have a lot of people in the Midwest that would love to see Michigan or Notre Dame in there. That's a good point. And there is – uh, the population in those areas are huge. I know the South is starting to become more crowded, but right now in the Midwest, you're gonna have you're gonna get Notre Dame and Michigan in there because they got to keep those viewers. You well, want this thing to get crazy? Let uh, Cincinnati go lose to Houston, Alabama lose or uh, Georgia lose. No, I'm sorry, Alabama. what would happen? Right. Alabama lose to Georgia, and uh, Oklahoma State loses their 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 the. the and Michigan could get beat by Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. You'd have total disarray going into that last uh, oh, college yeah. football ranking. Let, let, let me ask Jim. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jack, Jack, don't make me mute you. We got to get to the Patriots because Jets are coming up next. <laughs> so, um, Keith, the Patriots yes, right now, they're 7-4, and four, tied with the Bills. They are five-and-a-half-point favorite over the Tennessee Titans at home. So pass are going on off all, you know, all the cylinders. Tennessee has a big defense, especially against the pass, especially with pressure. Uh, of course, your big running back, I don't think, is playing today. So, I mean, that's one thing you got to be concerned about. So what do you what do you think about today's today's game? Got to keep the pass rush away from Tennessee, right? Away they do. They, they, they blitz from everywhere. I mean, they bring blitzes from every possible uh, direction, every possible position. They, Mike Vrabel likes to keep, kind of from the Bill Belichick mode, he likes to keep offenses off guard. 
Mac Jones saw a lot of that last week against Atlanta. Patriots got to keep running the football the way they have the last, uh, you know, six weeks. That's what's been really getting there. Well, besides the defense is playing great, obviously, right? But they're controlling the football. They're keeping Mac Jones in in situations where he can succeed and not have to win games for him. Ten, but, you know, it's 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 remarkable. You look at the offenses, and they match up pretty they, – they're pretty much the same offense, except Derrick Henry's out. The top two wide receivers are out for, for Tannehill. And I think I think the Patriots, if you know, unless the Titans' defense comes up big with some big turnovers and maybe scores some points, I think the Patriots should win this game. Uh, I'll say I won't say handily, but uh, I don't think we're going to get you know we're not going to get Hoyer on the field for the victory formation, Jack. But I think the Patriots will win this game again. Special teams uh, is another place the Patriots have a big edge in this game in my mind. It, I say that every week, but. It's 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 a factor every week. It's very true. And in, in your next four games, you got besides Tennessee, you got the Colts, Colts, and the Bills twice. This is your season, right here. These next four games, it sure, it sure is. They caught a huge break as we've talked about getting the Bills twice in December, and not you know early in the year when they weren't playing well, and have a loss there. So that's a good thing. And they also have a bye week uh, in the middle of this. So they play the Bills. I think uh, I think they play the Bills, then a bye week, then the Colts and the Bills again. Um, and this is it, this month. And, you know, this is where after Thanksgiving is where Belichick, you know, says this is where we go. Put the, put the turkey and stuffing away, and it's time to focus on football. And I would put his December record up against pretty much anybody ever in, in, in uh, the NFL. So I'm excited about what we got going here. I told you guys a bunch of times early in the year, I'd have been, I knew there'd be speed bumps. I'd been happy with a nine and eight, you know, nine, 10 win uh, season fighting for a playoff spot and be dangerous in the playoffs. I'm looking for a lot more than that right now. So I want the division home fields there. Everything's out in front of them. Yes. Yes, it is. So, I mean, uh, Hey, listen, nobody thought that the, the Patriots would be in a fight for the division. I mean, a lot of people even think they'd be a wild card this year with Miami there. And, and I mean, look, I, I'll take Belichick any day over any coach in the last, what, 20 years. Any day. Well, I'll give Jimmy Johnson some props. All right, Jimmy Johnson, yeah. He's, Just cause, cause he was a pretty good coach, right? <laughs> 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 well, even Belichick goes to see Jimmy. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Jimmy gets that's a great props. Point. Yeah. I'll throw some props here because I don't want to end up on the bottom of that pile where Jack always is. <laughs> you forgot Jimmy Johnson was in the AFC East with the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, didn't make didn't work out too well, did it? No, he no, wasn't it bad. Play. I mean, they made the playoffs. I yeah. mean, they weren't yeah. bad. It just ended yeah. up to the next level. Yeah. So so Keith, you have a great, a great day today. Enjoy the Patriots. It should be a good game. I expect the Patriots to win, but I listen. Tennessee has got a shot. They got a great defense, and and they and let me tell you, Tannehill's a lot better than people say. So they got uh, a real good coach too. I like Mike Vrabel a lot. I, I agree job. with that hundred yeah. percent. So enjoy yeah. the Patriots, and uh, we'll see you again soon, Keith. All right, have a great day, guys. Bye, Keith. All right, Thanks. have a great day, Keith. Bye, bye. So, folks, Keith Angle from TGI Sports. It was Patriots preview preview and backstage is why I rushed Jack. Uh, right now, we have the Jetman. The Jetman, and there's some news about the Jets. Who's starting today? And listen, the Jets got some uh, games that are winnable coming up. So let's bring up the Jetman, see what he's got to say. How you doing today, Jetman? Hey, gentlemen. 
Happy Sunday, happy football. Happy Sunday. Tell yeah, me about yeah. my team. I mean, how are they coming along, Jetman? Well, before you answer that, let me ask you some direct questions, Jetman. Um, listen, you have Zach Wilson starting this week for you. He's back under under center. And uh, the next four games, we'll talk about today's game a little bit. Counting today, you got the Saints, the Dolphins, and the Jags. These are possible wins for you. I'm not going to say you're going to win them, but these are not the best teams in the league you're playing against yet, man. So starting with today, with Zach Wilson at quarterback, what do you expect from the the the, the Jets playing uh, the Texans? This is what we live for. These are the building blocks. Win or lose, like you said, we have some a softer part of our schedule. These are the building blocks for the Jets right now. How we approach these games, being competitive, being in the game the entire game, not getting blown out, solidifying the defense a bit, not being a punching bag and, and being on the field all the time. You know, this this is our time to shine right now. You know, we're two and eight, but we're doing the right thing. We got Zach back. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna have a strong game. Uh, I think, you know, watching White and then uh Getting some time to to uh, to sit, I think he's going to be very strong today. Um, to me, this is the biggest game of the year, and I'm going to tell you why. Because if the Jets should lose to the Texans, I don't want to hear anything about progress. I mean, the, you know, the pro- building for the future, that's what this year is all about. And if we can't get by Houston already in game 11 of the season – they're, they're big problems, especially you're losing out to a quarterback like Tyrod Taylor. So to me, it's kind of a must-win for the Jet franchise today. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Houston is going to show us the team really hasn't made much progress at all. Well, didn't didn't uh, wasn't it a couple of weeks ago? Dallas lost to Miami, or uh, who, who did Miami beat on Thursday night? In a in a what was it? Two weeks ago, I. Was it? I mean, any team, any given oh, Sunday. Right. The Ravens, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was the Ravens. Uh, yeah, the Ravens. But uh, this isn't in any given Sunday thing. These are two bad teams. Mean, Nothing's expected of the Texans. They've won a couple of games this year. Good for them. Their franchise in turmoil. But the Jets, I mean, they have to take a gentle step in the right direction. And I don't want to hear that they lost the game like this and they're going to have a 3-14 and 14 record at the end of the year. And I don't want to hear progress has been made. To me, well, it would what be about a this season if that were the case. Yeah, but I ask you, what, what, are the, what were the Bills saying after they lost to Tennessee and then followed it up against Jacksonville? You know, well, uh, you can't compare it to Bills as a Bill contender. Teams have blips. We're just talking about the Titans. No, I, mean, I know, but I'm saying both the, everyone the Bills go to the Super Bowl this year. You know, and they're losing to these teams like the Jets. You know, I mean, it can happen. I, I, I'm expecting a good game. I think we're turning it around. I think Elijah Moore is going to look really yeah. good. I think He's Montgomery is going to have a good game with uh, Carter out. Um, I think the offense is going to is going to be on point. But you know, Houston's at home. They've uh, they've improved a bit. Um, 
You know, they're both two and eight. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not- let's put it this way. If the Jets lose today, I'll be more interested in hearing about Aaron Rodgers' toe than the Jets. One of my biggest problems, one of my biggest problems is if the Jets lose today, <clears throat> then we start hearing all the, what about Mike White? What about Flacco? Like, Give it a chance. That's Who Mac. Wants wants to get rid of Zach Wilson? Not me. That's Mac. No, I, I know, but I'm just saying. Everyone, <laughs> the media, everyone will jump on the. Oh, what happened to Zach? I mean, give the guy a chance. You know, mm-hmm. let them both have some games to learn. Jetman, you are Jetman. You are taking gunfire from everywhere. The the viewers. Jack is a. Jets fan, and they're all over you today. Guys, take it easy on a Jetman. It's his team. Yeah. You know what I mean? He wants it's he wants my to, team too. You know, I mean, he's gonna give you a background on what's going on with the Jets. Let yes. Him yeah, and let him talk a little bit. Right today. Yeah. Go ahead. So well, what's going on is they're two and eight. And last week, all the fans that were screaming, oh, they need to start Flacco because we need a win. Yeah, well, what happened? We needed a win. So we started our best guy. We didn't win. And he didn't look much better than than White or Josh Johnson, for that matter. So give it a chance. Give the process a chance. Yes. I think think we pull out a win today. But There you go. That's what I want to hear. I'm not rooting rooting for a draft. Right, right. Exactly. I don't want a loss. I don't want to throw in the towel. Exactly. I'm I'm with you. Jetman, you got me pumped up right now. The Jets are definitely going to win today. They're going to beat the Saints, the Dolphins, and the Jags and go on a four-game winning streak. I'm with you, Jet, man. Which right? would be great, you know, which would yes. be great. But, yes. but I'm not I'm not looking to the playoffs right now, you know? We no, well, no, me either. Me either. I'm not looking to the playoffs either, <laughs> so, so, anyway, so your matchup against – we know Texans <laughs> play – your Texans oh, play a lot better – when they have uh, their quarterback, um, give me the oh, name. I got to bring it. Thank you. God, my mind's racing now. I'm so excited. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, when he plays, it's a different team. So the Jet defense yeah, the Jet defense is going to have to play very good. That's what the head coach was brought there for, not only to build a team, but get that defense back toward it to what he had at San Francisco. We'll see if he can do it. Um, anything, anything you could see that the Jets can do good – are well against the Jags. I mean, are they going to run the ball, or is Zach Wilson going to throw it all over the field like he's been doing? I hope they establish some run. Um, you know, Montgomery has looked good, um, and he's going to get he's going to be the featured back with Carter out. So, you know, hopefully uh, Zach has has learned a bit with some checking down and throwing the tight ends and throwing to the backs out of the backfield. Um, yeah. You know, because he's going to be all pumped up to use uh, Elijah Moore, who's had uh, two of the last three games, has been lights out. Yes. You know. Yeah, listen, so I, listen. I think he also is going to have a big game today. Uh, listen, I think the problem with Zach Wilson was is is not only he's a rookie, but he tries to tries to outthrow the other team, and I think the Jets ask him to do way too much as a starting rookie quarterback. You know, when you're throwing, throwing almost on every play and you're throwing four interceptions a game, it does the kid no good. So hopefully right. – they do try to establish to run, check down a little bit, make it part of the game plan. Don't let them start throwing the ball downfield crazy. And I think I think you guys will do fine today, Jetman. Well, they say, you know, they say that every successful businessman has had failed businesses. And 
sometimes, you know, it's a, it's a learning process. Right. Um, letting him, you know, unlike Mark Sanchez and the red light, green light system, let him go out there and do his thing. You know, I mean, yeah. I, you know, every time he throws a pick, it's bothering him more than anyone else. So you know, it's amazing the way the game ch- has changed over the decades because Joe Willie Namath, the greatest quarterback in Jet history. I mean, I've seen him have five interception games and there was never any talk of sitting him down. I mean, the gunslinger mentality used to be prevalent and even admired around the NFL. And now it's not to turn the ball over no matter what. You throw two interceptions it's a big deal. Right. I just, yeah, I don't want him to have a, a, a tight leash. Throws two picks in the first half, and all of a sudden you see White coming out in the third. I mean, it's going to be, you know, slow the roll. I don't think Let's Robert Salah's going to pull him because there are real implications if he pulls Zach Wilson for Mike White during yeah, the game. I don't think Zach Wilson is the future of the franchise. Well, 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 Jet, man, before we let you go, let me say something that about what you just said. A successful man has a has a, quite a few failures, and if that's true, the Jets are going to be very successful in the next couple of years. Okay, so, <laughs> so good, man. good luck today. Uh, you going to the game? Uh, no, they're in Houston today. So, oh come on, Jet man, I, I expect you in Houston for us when they're playing in Houston, but maybe maybe next time. Hey, Jet man, good luck today. Hope you guys win and and keep rooting, man. I don't care. I'm a Giants fan, and whether they're good or bad, I don't care. Uh, I still root for him. I may badmouth him a little bit, but I still root for him. So good luck to you guys today, and uh, have a good game, Jet Man. Let's go, Jets! All right, that's what I like to see. All right, my friend, have a good one. So there you go, folks. The Jet Man coming on, speaking up. Jack, another Jet fan, trying to play him down. Wouldn't even let him. I, I'm not as bad, you know. I'm I'm kind of losing my edge as a Jet fan. I got to be honest. I'm on the airplane coming back from Vegas, and I have on a Jet-Dolphin game. And I'm watching, and at one point I said to myself, this game is whack, and I turned to the Viking-Packer game, and I'm thinking, now there's a game, you know? Wow. 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 I I kept going back and forth, you know, the Jet game, the Packer-Viking game. Oh, now you're going back and forth. Just a minute ago you said you turned to the Packers. Vikings game. I did, yeah. but then I, I keep switching back and forth. You know, I, I yes. felt a bit guilty. You had to clean oh, it up. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, backstage right now, we got the one and only Robert Butler from Sportscope. Great, great show he has there. And of course, we're going to break down all the NFL news with one exception. And we'll bring Robert up here from again from Sportscope with a K. Let's talk to Robert and get his thoughts on some of the games and other stuff. How you doing, Robert? Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Robert. I tell you, I tell you, since you've been on Sunday's Jim's clothing attire has really picked up. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? he's, he's got the nice shirt with the net. I mean, oh, look, man. he's looking sharp today. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, guys, yes. But I got a pair of shorts on. <laughs> Jim listened to our debate show yesterday, Mac, whether there should be a dress code for athletes, you know. So right, right, right. He did, he did. So, so Robert, before we get yeah. to NFL, and I know you cover a lot of sports every show, and I just wanted to get in a little bit, and I don't want to get into a whole discussion on LeBron James. Yeah. But I want to, I want to, what is LeBron's problem with fans? He's kicking fans out. He's giving the middle finger to him. I have never seen a basketball player 
especially someone who's, you know, one of the best of all time as far as the game goes, yeah. being so intimidated into the fans. I you mean, know, LeBron, the what is wrong with him? You know, he, he was such a lovable character when he came out of high school. Everybody liked him. One of the most popular players in the NBA. He was a great story coming out of Cleveland. And it kind of reminds me of a wrestling analogy of Hulk Hogan. Man, the kids loved him. He had the little toys, the little Hulkamania. And then he went to the NWO or whatever, and then he became bad. And the kids started booing him. And his son was like, what's wrong? Why are they booing you like this? That That's the same thing with LeBron. Once he became divisive, uh, not just with his politics, but also going behind players' backs and, and vowing to get them traded. Uh, he got some fans removed, guys, this weekend, yeah. earlier this week from Indiana. And three yeah. years ago, uh, uh, Brandon Ingram is shooting free throws, and the Pacer fans are hollering, LeBron's going to trade you. LeBron's – and eventually they did. I mean, he he, he vowed to get – LeBron trade or uh, get uh, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball both traded for Anthony Davis. There's a connection there with the Rich Paul agent. So he has morphed himself into this uh, bad guy. <laughs> He's kind of uh, like I, the Black Mamba, uh, Kobe Bryant, if you would say. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. It used to be magic. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's oh, focus Jack. with the fans. I don't hold it against LeBron if he's being a leader within the organization. You know, it's the same way with Tom Brady. You carry a lot of clout. So LeBron should have a loud voice if he wants to bring certain players to the team because he feels it's going to help the team win. I try to accommodate a guy like that. Any major leader in sports, okay, football would usually be a quarterback. But LeBron is such a major force. You want him to work hand-in-hand hand with the organization. But dealing with the fans, that, that's a whole different thing. I mean, telling security to have the fans removed. Yeah. What did the fans do that was so bad? Okay? Or maybe have a policy within the organization. Let them know beforehand. Look, if fans, you know, use obscene gestures, they cross a certain line, they start cursing, you know, and saying things that they shouldn't say. Security should be on the alert to be on it. But to yeah. just point to the fans and have them removed, it comes across, you know, in a very bad way. Behind yeah. the scenes, I like LeBron. I like the things that he's done that people don't know about with the school and stuff he's yeah. done for Akron. And I think what's happening with him is he's at the end of his career. And I'm not saying next year he's going to be done. What I'm saying is he thought this was his best opportunity to win another championship because that has always been the knock. Well, they say Jordan won all these championships, Kobe even, but how about LeBron? And they said that he's lost more in the championship game than he has won. And that's the thing. And now he – really is finding out that someday he's not going to be here. And he thought this was the team that could get him there. He thought this was a superstar team and it's turning out not to be players are not playing at that. You need role players and all these guys are starting. The only one that's taking a role is Camelo. Well, well, well Jim, I don't yeah. want to get into, I don't want to get into a whole of that. I'm just talking to, to the, the singular problem he has with fans right now. Listen, you have no right 
to go over and have fans removed because they're saying something, unless they're saying something atrocious. You don't have any right to do that. No player has a right to do that. And you shouldn't be giving the fans the middle finger, which you just got fined for only 15 grand. To me, a superstar like that shouldn't be that insecure. I mean, if they're, if they're uh, let me, if they're saying something about your family, your wife, your girlfriend. Well, you don't know that. I don't know what the fans Yeah, but, but the thing is, it wasn't said what happened, Jim. He just went over and pointed to these two people and said, oh, there was nothing said what happened to that. We There's haven't no heard that from the fans, Mac. Have we? We have never yeah. heard anything from yeah, anyone. You don't know what they said to him, right? But we haven't even heard from security. Why? What I'm saying is, I think LeBron thinks he can go in there and say say who can watch the games and who can't. If you don't like him, he wants you gone. And I guarantee you, right now, if that was a celebrity fan, he wouldn't have been removed. This yeah, is a but normal here's the thing too. We don't know what those fans said in Indiana. Yeah, but but does LeBron. that matter? We got to hear both yeah. sides of the story. But shouldn't we hear that before they're removed? I'm sure there was something said. No, well, we don't know that. We don't know that, Jim. Uh, listen, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not picking on LeBron, LeBron James. Things are said during games that shouldn't be said. What warrants you getting kicked out, and what doesn't? And I think LeBron James is the only one with that problem right now. I don't see anybody else doing that, and that's all I'm saying. And that's what kind of ticks me off. About yeah. Let, well, me, let me ask you guys this. Ahead. If a lesser player than LeBron, an average player, asks security to remove someone, security might actually be reluctant to do it. But it's Agreed. because it's LeBron James. That's he's true. an intimidating presence. So security is going to listen to whatever he says. And, you know, you see LeBron James going to his son's Bronny's games. And you see LeBron James going up and down the court, giving the officials, everyone a hard time getting into it. I mean, it's I think the point Max is trying to make, guys, someone should stand up to LeBron James and maybe in a situation like that, tell him to sit his butt down and, you know, and not interfere, you know, be at his son's game and, you know, having the fans removed. What happens if security said to LeBron James they weren't going to remove the fans, okay? So chances are security was going to be fired by the team because the team, you know, wants to keep LeBron happy. So in a sense, he's like running things, and that's why I think resentment sets in. Yeah, Jack, to Jack's point, he did jump in the layup line in one of his kids' uh, warm-ups, and I thought that was so inappropriate. He's dad, you know? We know you're, you know, he's still LeBron and everything, but if that was my dad, that would be pretty embarrassing. I mean, let me do the layup line, okay, Dad? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, 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 I don't want to. Best players ever played. Come yes, on, I agree. I but agree. I'm sure he embarrassed his son, uh, Jim. I'm sure I he would like that. Jim, all I'm saying. And, all know, I'm saying. Football with their team. <laughs> all I'm saying. All I'm saying is I know LeBron is one of the greatest basketball players yeah. of all time. There's no doubt about his talent. But I think he's 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 kind of going a little wacky right now. That's all I'm saying. So Robert, let's get back to football. I knew it would be, <laughs> I knew this would be electric. That's why I threw it in there. I knew I knew I know Jim likes LeBron a lot too. So I knew he would he would kind of stand up for him. I thought he's got an ego the size of LA. What can I yeah. say? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should have for what yes. he's accomplished. Yes. Man. So let's let's get back to football. Yeah. It's of course fired Jason Garrett. Is this DJ season? To whether is this DJ's chance to either prove he's going to be the quarterback or is he gone at the end of the season if he continues to play this way? I said a year ago, Jack uh, and Mac, on your show that I think that they should do a clean slate 
uh, Dave Gettleman. There's a store out today, uh, likely his last year, NFL.com this morning, just before I got on the program. Carlos saw that. And uh, Jack said that I'm, I think they uh, I'm I'm overreacting, thinking they should sell the team and all that stuff. Do you remember that? Well, now Dave Gettleman's going to be on his way out. Joe Judge, uh, usually the new general manager picks a new coach, you know. And Daniel Jones, he reminds me of Marcus Mariota. Uh, he's a great athlete. He has good passing games some games. And then other games, he is just consistently inconsistent. Uh, Jones has seven fumbles. That's fifth in the NFL. I mean, this guy, it's year three now. Was it year three or year four? Year three. That's rookie year stuff, guys. So I think that they should move on. Jones is a backup in this league. Uh, move off Joe Judge. And already, like I said, Dave Gettleman, um, there's all reports he's already gone. So I read those. You know, I'm thinking it's the bear of bad news, but sometimes you got a clean house, you know. I'm thinking of something that Jim said earlier in the year. Poor Jason Garrett, when he caught, was a backup quarterback for the Cowboys, Jim said we'd ask Troy Aikman to go out there and win us the game. But with Jason Garrett, we'd say, Jason, just don't mess things up. Okay. Jim, you said something along those lines, yes. I think, early in the year. And uh, listen, is it really Jason Garrett's fault? We were discussing it yesterday, Mac and myself. Isn't the head coach, he should be involved in the game plan all along. Joe Judge is acting like he just woke up to what Jason Garrett is doing. He should have been involved all along. He should have known what Jason Garrett had planned against Tampa Bay. I mean, is he oblivious to it all? I mean... Under Jimmy Johnson, wasn't Jimmy Johnson involved in all facets of the yeah. team, even though he let the coordinators? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I listen. I think it's a unique situation bringing a head coach over. I, I think the the front office liked Garrett more than Judge did. I don't think Judge would have would have brought him in if it was up to him. I think that was a management move, and I think that's the reason. Another reason why Gettleman may be uh, on his way out too. So I I, I think it was. I, I don't think it was. Uh, judge that brought in Garrett. But guys, would Gettleman be made a scapegoat? Think of what he's done. He's drafted good players. He made a heck of a deal with the Chicago Bears to flip flop. They got Kadarius Tony and they got an, an extra number one draft choice next year in that deal. So is Gettleman really doing a poor job? Should he really be held accountable? He extended uh, Odell Beckham, massive contract, then traded him. There's some of that dead money. That and made a nice deal. What he got in return, he made a nice deal for OPC. He shouldn't have stinted him prior to that, is what I'm saying. Because uh, yeah. when you do that, there's dead money that comes on y'all's cap. And he looked indecisive when he done that. Uh, he well, drafted I mean, Daniel Jones, and he brought in Joe Judge. Strike two and three. I mean, Okay, but he could have, everyone else was telling him to draft Dwayne Haskins. Daniel Jones was a better pick than Dwayne Haskins, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, I don't have that particular draft. He also took Saquon Barkley over uh, Josh Allen, even Quentin Nelson. Josh Allen went number nine in the draft. So, I mean, Saquon Barkley was a great pick as a rookie year. Drafting a running back number two in this day and age, it's just – I just agree, dis agree to disagree, guys. I mean, that yeah. is just listen, insane somebody's, in the membrane. Listen, if somebody's got to take the fall. And, and yeah. And and you know He's that's what happened. Garrett, 
And that's what's going to happen with Gettleman. And, and that's just the way it is, whether whether it's right or wrong. That's what happens when, you're, when your team is playing that poorly. We just saw the Dallas Cowboys yeah. play the uh, Oakland Raiders. I want to call them Oakland because that's who they are, really. No, the Las Vegas Raiders. And, I mean – it was a good game. It was a lot, a lot, a lot of penalties both ways. Fourteen for each team. Yeah, and uh, mm. I mean, it, it actually slowed down the game a little bit, and maybe made it uh, pseudo exciting because it took a couple scores away and put teams in position to score. So the, the the officials were very heavily involved in that game, maybe more than they should have been. But with Dallas losing that game and Oakland coming, you know, and winning that game. What does that game tell you a little bit about both teams, Robert? Well, for Dallas, you know, I looked at the box score. I didn't realize they only had 64 yards rushing. Uh, now they're considering uh, benching uh, to get healed up, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. So Tony Pollard's probably going to get the majority of the carries going forward. Uh, they're really heavily relying on that run game. They don't quite have all the pieces for defense. Uh, they they hit a couple home runs there with Michael Parsons there and, and their other cornerback out of uh, Kentucky. And, of course, Stephon Diggs, he's only a second-year player. So, and then the penalties, guys. I mean, it was over 166 yards, I want to say, in penalties. Uh, Anthony Brown, I mean, God, what an awful game there at the cornerback. Uh, getting those pass interferences, those are fixable problems. They got to just get back to running the football, get their get those other two receivers back. And, and Cooper, uh, CD Lamb, everybody thought Lamb was going to play all the way up to game time, and then uh, at the last minute, he was out of the game. Um, that was a huge letdown. And as far as the Raiders are concerned, they have a really good cap number on Derek Carr next year. Uh, if I'm Mark Davis, I want to make sure and get it right with this new head coach to make sure we can bring back Derek, uh, Derek Carr if I'm, a, if I'm a Raiders organization, guys. I mean, he, he a really good cap number. He is having – he leads the NFL in passing yards, having practically pretty close to a career year. Sometimes that's not a good thing, though. Usually play, uh, yeah. the quarterback's leading the team in passing – leading the league in passing yards – uh, they're, they're probably behind in most games. But he is a bright spot. They did a good job offensive line-wise uh, blocking. Uh, you know, that's what it tells me about the Raiders. Still not sure if they're going to make the playoffs or anything, but it was a good win for them. Um, so we, we, we're getting, you know, Thanksgiving normally represents this is the uh, this is the last leg, right? You got like six games left. Uh, and this is where the, the, the wild card teams come into focus or they don't. We pretty much know who the top teams are for the most part. I mean, we still got questions, but there are some teams still alive. I'm going to give you – these are just from the uh, the NFC. You got the 49ers who look like they got themselves back together. Um, they're playing yeah. really good now. Minnesota looks like they're, they're always in every game. They had a big win against Green Bay. Carolina, I mean, is up and down, but they're still alive. And then you got uh, – you know, the Philadelphia Eagles who have started to make a little bit of a push, uh, Robert. So what are those four teams? Do any of them get in? Do one, do two? Do all four get in? Well, I definitely think that the – well, you got three of them, I want to say. Three wild cards, and then you got right. three division winners. They play on the first week, and then we have the bye week for just one team now. This is the second year when that system. So 
You know what? I think it's probably going to be the Rams, the 49ers, and the Vikings. But Philadelphia, with their schedule, they've got two against Washington and uh, two against the Giants after their bye week. So one game can flip for the 49ers and and go the other way for, for the Eagles. The Eagles can't actually possibly get into the playoffs here. Uh, they have the faith, and they had they haven't had their bye week. These teams getting these late buys. Look and see how they react after their bye week. I'm going to tell you, Rob. What's going to be really interesting is the last uh, weekend of the season because you're going to have a number of teams who are going to have a chance to get a buy. Only one team gets a buy in the AFC for the playoffs, and only one in the NFC. And those teams in contention are going to have a big decision to make. Do you rest your players? And you go all out if you still have a chance to get the buy. So that's going to be a very interesting element because the buy means a lot. Yeah, I mean, you're playing one less game, so you're automatically a step closer to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Remember last year we had the Washington game and the Eagles, I want to say, Washington plays there. Or the Eagles played the third-string quarterback. They want to get him some snaps. Really, they just want to get a better pick. <laughs> Nate Sudfeld, is he still with the 49ers? I mean, they picked him up. You don't hear his name at all. Man, he's, he's third-string somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, so you have the Saints, and they're in an unusual position that they haven't been in in years, right? I mean, yeah. they, they got Winston. Winston looks good sometimes. He looked like the old Winston of old. You know, you got the younger quarterback in there. You, you know, you got the all-around guy that can play guard, tackle, run with the ball, catch the ball, throw the ball. I mean, they got a, a, a basis of a team, but they're getting older. Is it time for the Saints to start about thinking about rebuilding that team? Well, to a certain extent, guys. I looked at their cap situation. They are $65 million over next year, and I thought that all that would fall off this year but uh with mickey loomis there as good as he drafts i can see him finding a way to make this work again and still pull it off of the sean jackson type of trade maybe a russell wilson uh things are going south there in seattle we heard about those rumblings last year in the offseason i think one of those quarterbacks would be a really good fit there in new orleans so uh there's going to be some adjustments to get under that cap. I'll tell you that. I don't know. You know, the New Orleans Saints situation is uh, its kind of puzzling. I wouldn't know what to do because Jameis Winston started years for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, support, and he came <laughs> to back up Drew Brees for one year thinking he could be the heir apparent, which he was when Brees left. And then Jameis Winston gets injured. So we never found out whether it would work out or not, but he'll be healthy next year. Do you come back with him or not? It's a risk because maybe you would have wasted another year. I mean, I'm not sure what I would do. What would you guys do? Would you come back with Jameis Winston next year or look elsewhere? Well, after Robert said about the cap situation, you might not have a choice. And they just pay <laughs> the yeah. bill. And um, I think that you're going to have to come back with them. They got to figure out how they would win. Most teams know how they're going to manage your cap. But the only thing that's for sure, if they get a higher draft pick, that's probably a little bit easier on them than uh, trying to go out there and get another superstar. 
Yeah, and, and you know, things that went real. I know that T Mike Thomas has gotten injured, but uh, he's been back and forth with the organization. I would probably, if it's me, find a way to move Mike Thomas mm -hmm. once he's healthy uh, and, and get him out and get his dollar amount off that cap room there and, and, and figure out something. But they have ways. The, the Rams, uh, I think it's Les Snead and Mickey Loomis, have ways of maneuvering around the cap, unlike yeah. other general managers in the league. So I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't bring somebody in. And no, Winston, but, they, they didn't set the world on fire with Winston offensively. Yeah, but here's the thing is that you only have a small window, and that's yeah. in almost every sport, to be successful and have that opportunity to make the run for the Super Bowl. At this point, the Saints' window might be closing because of age, like you said – and the yep. things that are going on in, obviously, in the organization. And their window is getting narrower, smaller, and smaller. So right now, you have to make the decision, do I want to bring in this guy, and he might get us to the playoffs, but can he help us get to the next level? That's what you have to ask that question. Yeah, I mean, they're a team that normally, if it was me, and in, in, in logical thinking, I would just rebuild. But they just seem to find ways to get around having to just cut everybody. They kept both of their lines intact last, mm -hmm. this year and last year. Guys, and, uh, I don't know, is it just me that thinks this way? But I think rebuilding <clears throat> in the NFL always happens out of necessity, not out of choice. I think because it's a win-now league, I don't think any organization just says, okay, we're going to rebuild this year. They only do it because they know they're not going to be that good. Yeah. Well, that's the best uh, Mac has sounded. I, I, I just Mackie. want oh, to see if y'all could re read lips. Um, <laughs> no, the, no, truthfully, no team wants to rebuild because guess what? A lot of teams get stuck there rebuilding, as we know that's about. True. Time. I mean, you get stuck there. You know, when you hear the fans, oh, let's let's lose so we can get the first round draft pick. Yeah, you've been saying that for the past five years. And what has it gotten you? The successful teams. No, always, you know, the fans always, could be so always, dumb always, at times, yeah. Mac. I mean, <laughs> no team, they Thank think you. the players are really not trying to win because they care about a draft choice. No one gives a darn about a draft choice. Listen, I listen. All the groups, Jack, thanks for cutting me off. All the groups. That 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 you look at, whether it's Jets, Giants, or any losing teams, all the fans are already doing mock drafts, and they're already saying tank the season. And that's why uh, I say the rebuilding teams normally get stuck in rebuilding. The good teams will find a way to retool. Uh, Robert, last question yeah. for you: uh, Are the Colts now a threat for the Tennessee Titans? I mean, you lost your star running back. You got a good defense, but man, them Colts are starting to pour it on. It looks like they're starting to gel at the right time. Well, I'll tell you what, they're definitely a threat. I think Titans hold them off. Uh, Titans have a desperately, desperately needed bye week coming up next week. I do think the Titans probably lose. Could get blown out today. No A.J. Brown with a list of uh, players uh, against the Patriots. The Colts play at the Tampa Bay Bucks, or they play at home against the Bucks today. What they do great with Jonathan Taylor, well, the, uh, the Bucks. They're number one against the run. You look at their schedule down the stretch here. Uh, they still have a pretty rough um, 
schedule compared to the Titans, plus the Titans have that two-game cushion there. And they're probably going to get back Julio Jones after their bye week. It's going to be interesting. I'll tell you that. I'll, I'll say my answer to that would be yes, but they're probably going to come up a little bit short. And they may slot in, though, as a wild card. Mag, can I just ask him one quick question? Adrian sure. Peterson got cut after three games, okay? What's the deal over there? Uh, he just didn't have the burst. I would have never brought in Peterson. I, I would have tried to maybe go after uh, Dearness, uh what's his name, Dearness Johnson or Brown for the uh, Browns there. Uh, that running back there, I would have went up with, with the younger guy, Devontae uh, Foreman's doing really well, Nichols. Uh, I know he's a first ballot Hall of Fame. He just don't have that burst. Boy, yeah, Carlos, man. He, what, who is he trolling today? He <laughs> Carlos, Carlos is always Carlos trolls Chavez. Chavez, great, great part of the show. You always. I think him and Buck are drinking early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, Buck, Buck, is, Buck hasn't been in for a while. Buck is a. <laughs> I don't know. Buck's been on here. Yeah. <laughs> he's, wow, he's been Buck right on it. Oh my God! Hey Robert, I want to thank you for coming in. I want to push on. Uh, check out Robert Robert Butler's show called Sports Scope. He talks a lot about the big names, a lot about the big stories. It's a great show over there. Robert's been with me almost forever. So Robert, you have a great one. Enjoy the games, and we'll see you again next week, Rob. All right, guys, have a good show. All, All right, right, Robert, thank you for coming. All right, man. There you go, folks. Robert Butler from Sports Scope, as I said. He does a great job over there, and uh, I found him a long time ago when he first come on, and he had a suit and tie. I said, I got to have this guy on every week. It's great. He's a great guy. So, uh, folks, we're going to take our first break for, for today. A lot of viewers out there, a lot of viewer participation. Keep it up. We'll be right back on the other side. We're going to have the Philly sports guy with us, Jamie Baggs, and he's happy as heck because, you know, his team is making a little bit of a run here, and he thinks, you know, they're going to end up being, you know, 10 and 6 or whatever. I don't know what he thinks, but – We'll be right back after this, folks. You worked too hard. You ate too much. The cheesecake made you greedy. Let your aching head and stomach hear this message from Old Speedy. At the seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Those speedy bubbles relieve your upset stomach and headache fast. For acid indigestion alone, Alka-Seltzer Gold. Oh, what a relief it is. What a relief. Served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. I'm here to say I am the top banana in the world today. Now you know the best. Bananas in the land. So don't slip by without an inferior brand. When is it cheeky? It's a very good day to buy bananas. What's 
for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma? This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family, and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you, too. Okay, how about tasting the stew and telling me what you think? Mm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. I heard you want to be a Frito Bandido like me. You do? Then you must sing the Bandido song. Let's sing together. You just follow the bouncing Fritos corn chips bag. Ay, 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 ay. I am the Frito Bandido. Hey, I like Fritos corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Fritos corn chips. I'll get them from you. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, I am the Frito Bandito. Give me Fritos corn chips and I'll be your friend. The Frito Bandito, you must not offend. Now, boys and girls, you are Frito Bandidos too. You sing the Frito Bandito song and you look for crunchy Fritos corn chips. That's nice. Munch, munch, munchy, munchy Fritos corn chips. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Mac and Jack and Jim's Big Football Show as we start your day off here on Northeast Streaming Sports with uh, a lot of news and updates from around the league uh, coming up soon. Uh, Pags will be joining us with the Eagles update as they go ahead and they play the Giants in the right Northeast, uh, Northeast, North National Football East Conference rivalry game and uh, Pac says the Eagle season doesn't start till they play uh, the Giants so we'll see what happens today should be interesting guys because you know with the offensive coordinator uh, not being there um, being let go I, I'm interested to see how the Giants are going to react to that game uh, whether it pumps them up or uh, just makes them worse I'm interested to see how Pags dresses because that's what I'm basing my pick on, his level of intensity, how he yeah. looks, how riled up he is. Yes, yes, yes. And every time he changes Very your mind. Very scientific and... way of predicting a game. <laughs> uh, Eagles have two games in uh, MetLife Stadium. First the Giants, and then uh, the next week they have the Jets yeah. in uh, MetLife Stadium. I don't know if he's going to stay there over the week. I don't think he is. I told him if he no, was. It's close enough. I would yeah. think so. 
No, I wouldn't think so either. So uh, let's start getting to the games before Pags uh, gets in. So we have got plenty of time to go over it. Um, we got the Steelers uh, playing the Bengals today. And the Steelers are getting three and a half points, guys. Um, ben doesn't look like Ben. The Steelers really don't look like the Steelers. I mean, they're physical still, but they don't look like they got the firepower they had or they can't use it anymore. Uh, the running game is okay. Their defense is solid. But the Bengals have been playing uh, good football this year. What are you guys' thoughts on that game? You know, I mean, the Bengals last week, they beat the Raiders, but the Raiders got it together after that game. I think the Raiders were a team in turmoil when the Bengals beat them. And, uh, I mean, I'll put my money on Mike Tomlin in a game like that. I just don't think Cincinnati's as good as made out to be. I mean, I think they're one team that's overachieved a little this year. And I know how good Joe Burrow is. But I'm going to go with the Steelers, uh, even though the game's in Cincinnati, you know, to win by a field goal. So you have people are finding out. Go ahead, pardon me. Go ahead. People are finding out about Jamar Chase, and they're yeah. covering him different. And but I still think, just like uh, you guys have mentioned, I think Big Ben's in trouble right now. And I like that uh, T.J. Watts will be back this week. Yeah. But I'm still going to go with Cincinnati. I think they'll edge out them because they got all that young talent and if they can stay together they're going to be a really good team and i think pittsburgh and you guys said it more than i did uh on the downswing you guys felt i was high on pittsburgh but after watching ben the last couple of games i'm gonna go with cincinnati yeah i think i think it's a lot about matchups in the nfl i think cincinnati's a real bad mad matchup for the steelers uh, they got a good running game, but they also got a great passing game. And the Bengals' defense is just good enough to stop uh, the Pittsburgh. So I'm definitely going to take uh, Bengals, giving the points to the Steelers. So we got me and Jim picking the Bengals and Jack going with uh, uh, the Steelers. Should be a good game. Should be. It's a rivalry. Uh, you know the Steelers are at least going to play hard. So uh, yes. Pickles comes in with Cincinnati's winning by four. So Pickles is on board with me and Jim. Feel right good now. now. Pickles is Yeah, I, I, I got to win now. <laughs> so Pickles says, <laughs> so we're, we're good to go. Um, the Buccaneers are are given the Colts two points, and they're playing in Indianapolis. Now, Tampa Bay, even though they look good against the Giants, I think uh, you know the Jets would look good against the Giants. So I'm not giving that a lot of credence right now. Um I like the Colts, man. I like the way the Colts are playing. I like their running game. I like their defense. I like the way Carson Wentz is playing right now. And I don't think Tampa Bay is, as, I shouldn't say as good. I, I don't think Tampa Bay has it together yet. So I'm, I'm going to take Colts at home and, and, and get in two and a half points. You know, I'm going back and forth in that game, fellas. I mean, the Indianapolis Colts have been protecting Carson Wentz. I mean, that's why Carson Wentz has been looking good lately. Uh, I got the feeling watching the Giant game, people were critical of the Giant offense, how unimaginative they were. But it seemed to me like the Buccaneer defense was getting their mojo back. So I'm looking like for a close game. I know it's in Indianapolis, but home field I think is a little overrated in the NFL at times. And I, I'm going to like the Buccaneers to win the game by six points or so. What do you think, Jim? I just feel that um, just like uh, you guys have said, and Robert even said it, Butler in the last segment, is, is that 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the number one rush defense in the NFL. And what has Indianapolis had success doing? Running the ball with Jonathan Taylor. So I I think that if Tampa Bay controls him, then they got a chance to make Wentz win the game. And that's what they're probably going to be in. Because if you had a duel between Wentz and Brady, obviously you're going to pick Brady. And I'm going to go with uh, the Bucks. Okay, so there you go. So only I'm on this one with uh, the the Colts. Even uh, Pickles is against me on this one, so I should win that game. Uh, the Panthers have a pick them against the Dolphins. I mean, I don't, I I don't know what happened to the Dolphins this year. They had that big upset win. Um, I don't know if Carolina has enough to beat them, but uh, I'm just gonna pick the Panthers just to pick one. I mean, I don't know. Uh, what's going on with the Dolphins, the Panthers with Cam Newton. I mean, I don't know. But I'm, I'm going to go with the Panthers just, just to say the Panthers, Jack. Yeah, I mean, I would think the Panther defense should be able to keep the Dolphin offense in check. Tua's been taking these little tiny steps improving. But somehow in today's NFL, that's not enough to improve, you know, with little teeny steps. It's got to be a little more. But you kind of wonder with Cam Newton, a couple of flashy plays, he runs for short touchdowns, and people think he's back. I mean, I never played the game on this level Jim has. Mm -hmm. It takes a quarterback time to get adjusted to a system. I don't think he could come in in two, three weeks unless it's an Aaron Rodgers and really be lights out. And so I think it's got to affect the – Carolina offense. But with that said, I look for the Carolina defense to step up and basically control the game and, you know, win by more than a touchdown. When I look at this game, I look at Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson. I think those are two dynamic players. And as long as they're able to play in the game and they're able to do the things, it's going to get Miami tough. Now, Miami's got some good things and they'll play a hard game. But I just think Carolina's going to win. I don't think by 11. Sorry, Pickles. <laughs> it'll be a, a seven-point, maybe a three-point game. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, not sure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Miami has, Yeah, Miami Miami seems to be improving the last couple of weeks. But, I mean, they were supposed to be gangbusters this year, and they kind of fell on their, their face. You have the Titans getting five at New England. I think New England will win this game by more than five and a half points. I think their defense is really good now. Their special teams are excellent, as they always are. And I think they can run the ball. And I think if you can run the ball on the Titans, it'll take pressure off Mac Jones. I don't see Tennessee running the ball on the Patriots. They're going to have to depend on the throw, the passing game. I don't know if uh, Tannehill can do that without the play action. So I'm going to go with the Patriots, maybe win it by two field goals or a touchdown here, Jack. Well, with A.J. Brown out for uh... – Tennessee, I mean, it's going to affect their passing game. And it's got to catch up to them not having Derrick Henry in there. It's really got to catch up to them. Mike Brabel, I know he's had success against Bill Belichick head-to-head. But New England right now might be conceivably the best team in the uh, AFC, the way they've been playing. And I think they get the job done. And I know Tennessee's coming off to a, a loss against Houston so the thought is they're going to come back with a vengeance, but it doesn't always work that way. I like New England by, let's say, 13 points. 
I get scared anytime you pick against Tennessee because when they play in the big games, they win on the Buffalo, the yeah. Indianapolis. Oh man, this is a tough one. You would say if you were betting, you say New England, but when you look at what Tennessee does against the good teams and Vrabel gets that team pumped up, I am going to make the I'm going to make the leap. I'm going with Tennessee to win this game. Okay. Yeah. Is, is there any credence to that? I mean, everybody says you had an embarrassing loss, so you're going to play better. I mean, do you play better? Uh, do you get emo- – it's not emotional. It's execution, ain't it? I mean, that's what football really all is all about, executing your schemes and your and, – and, and It is, but some things are kind of different. When we were 1-15, the only team we beat was the Washington football team at that time who were the Redskins. And they won the Super Bowl that year. And I, I don't know what it is. Some teams against some teams. So you said it earlier, matchups. For whatever matchups making, I think this matchup is uh, something that you got to think about. New England's matchup. Maybe Tennessee matches up better than them than we ever anticipated. And he, Vrabel knows how Belichick thinks from being around Belichick. So I'm just going to. Take a, I'm gonna take a, a flyer on this one. I'm gonna go with Tennessee. Well, you were talking about when you were one in fifteen. I just want to expand just a little bit. But yeah. when you were really, when you were a good team and you had a tough team in the NFC, I know the Giants at one time were where you guys were going at it with the Giants yes. in the nineties and stuff. I mean, if you're embarrassed mm-hmm. by if you're if you're embarrassed by a game before that. Do you come back more uh, resolved or more pumped yes. up? No yes. question, because you're mad, because that next week is going to be tougher. You, they say the 48-hour rule, but you're mad all week. You're mad because you didn't play to your abilities against a poor team. Well, that's if you have a good team, Jim. When you were 1-15, in 15, virtually every week was a bad week, so I didn't speak <laughs> and pumped yeah. up. It's and kind of like as it's I recall, you were three and thirteen the year before that, so losing became the norm. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> wow, we're like we're like the Jets is now. That means the Jets are going to yeah. win the Super Bowl <laughs> in a few yeah. years. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Uh, we weren't very good, but we yeah. learned to be good because mm. the way we prepared ourselves. Yeah, we thought we were going to win. That doesn't mean we're going to win. Just like obviously, what's happening with the teams that are not good, they think. Philadelphia is an interesting case. Nobody thought they were going to be very good. None of us even thought they'd be in the fight to win the NFC East, which they are now. So you don't know, Jack. You got you got to believe. I love yeah. I love it when coaches say we had great practices. Well, yeah, you had great practices. I mean, you know what I mean. In fact, they win. Some teams win, and they say we had a terrible week of practicing. <laughs> You know, it, it, that's almost impossible to figure out. I hate so when we, they say they're not ready to that we weren't ready to play. Yeah. Everyone loses because the coaches have to get ticked off. Tom Coughlin got ticked off at Tiki Barber because he said, Well, we got outplayed and out coached. You know, the words went so bad because the truth is in the playoff game they did get outplayed and out coached, but it sounds bad, you know. The coaches always have to save face. Oh, you're sure. right, Jack. You're you're actually right. You're yeah. But it's true that you yeah. do. But shoot, then that's your fault for getting yeah. uh, having bad week of practice, yeah. not uh, addressing it. Right, right. I, I love when they say we just weren't ready. Well, isn't that oh. what you get paid for? <laughs> Interesting thing when you say that, Jimmy Johnson, before the playoff game in uh, Dallas against the 49ers, 
And you know he made that um, quote that we will beat the 49ers. He wasn't happy with practice. And he told us he wasn't happy with practice. And that was his way of getting us motivated. He put us out there and guaranteed a win. And he knew the 49ers were in the air. And the first thing that they were going to hear when they got to Dallas was Jimmy Johnson guaranteed a win. Yeah, He went on the radio. But that was his way of getting uh, a team that probably wasn't ready, ready. Yeah, yeah. So Pags ain't here yet. Like I said, he's on the road to – to, to uh, MetLife Stadium, so hopefully he'll pop in. So let's yeah. let's take a look at it before he gets here. You got the Eagles giving the Giants three and a half at MetLife Stadium. Um, listen, I you know I'm I'm a everybody knows that listens to it. I am a Giants fan, and I down deep I think they have a chance. But if you're looking at the teams as they match up, Philadelphia right now is playing better than anybody thought. They're playing probably up to their capabilities. Uh, they got to win this game if they want to stay with Dallas. The Giants got to win this game to save jobs. It depends who, what want and what need is more important. I'm taking the Eagles, giving the Giants three and a half. You know, in today's NFL, you don't know who's healthy, who's not. You see the injury reports and it says questionable. For example, in the Cowboy game, we assumed C.D. Lamb was going to play, even though he was questionable, and he didn't play. And that was that could have been the difference in the game had he been healthy. Maybe Dallas wins the game. Is Saquon Barkley healthy? He's questionable for this game. He's been hurt. I mean, he could play a big factor in a game like this. But I think the Giants are going to win this game. I think when a one of the coaches – in this case, Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator, is fired. It's noticed in the locker room, his absence all over. And that means there's an urgency. And the players themselves are thinking, we're playing for our jobs. We better get it done. Maybe long term, it doesn't have an effect. But I think short term, for one week, the first week, it does. And I look for the Giants to respond today and actually put a lot of points on the board and uh, win something like 30 to 17. Wow. Wow, that's a, just a win. That's that's a destruction. What do you think about that, Jim? Well, I, you know, I've been talking about Devonte Smith a lot and this um, how well he's playing, and he is a difference maker. Jalen Hurts and Pags complained about it. He couldn't do that. All he does is win, baby. All he does is win. But to that note, they are going to MetLife. And here's an interesting thing is that over the past, I think it was, they said three years, the Eagles have dominated the Giants. And that's kind of unusual. And it, by saying all that, I'm still going to go with the Giants. Wow. <laughs> I, I think the Giants are going to win this game. Some way, somehow, I don't know how they're going to do it, but the Giants are going to find a way to beat the Eagles this time. And I, that's not, I think the Eagles right now, and uh, Pags have talked about this. That speed is is blinding right now. They are playing at a different level. They've gotten better and they got confidence. But I just think with Freddie Kitchens coming in and all the uh, things that went on in the Giants locker room, we're going to see them uh, a better Giants team and a better effort this week. You know, it's funny you talk about Devonta Smith, uh, even though he's having a good year. He would have been better off had he maybe been drafted by another team with another quarterback because Jalen Hurts, even though they're both Alabama That's guys, good. isn't the ideal quarterback to throw to a receiver. I agree. Like that. 
Uh, Listen, I I think Jalen Hurts last week took over the game. I think he finally proved himself. To me, he proved himself. He ran when he had to. He threw when he had to. You don't have to be a Joe Montana to win a Super Bowl. All you got to do is put your team in the best position to win and use it. Like you said, Jim, use what he can do the best. And the things he does the best is running the football and finding people open when he's scrambling. And I think I think the Eagles are on their way. I really do. I, I was one of the biggest doubters in the beginning of the year. And I really think the Eagles are on their and way. And Nick Sirianni seems to have the locker room yeah. like other teams. You know, with the Giants, even though no one is saying anything, you get the feeling there's got to be a lot of mumbling amongst the players about Joe Judge, even though no one's come out publicly. But with Nick Sirianni, you know, you just have the feeling he has the locker room that they're kind of buying in. That's what I heard from someone yeah. you know, with access. And it, it's interesting you say that. And earlier in the season, we were complaining about Joe Judge and how he treated them during the preseason. Now, Judge has got to make it. And we said that he's going to have to make a change like Tom Coughlin yep. and some of these other coaches to get those guys behind him. And this might be the game. That he gets it with Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, you can't keep pointing fingers, you know, because just like you said earlier in the show, it goes down to head coach. How can he complain about it? he knows what they're gonna do a game plan offensively? And that's his job to know what's going on. And he has the right as an offensive head coach, as a head coach, regardless, to change something if he doesn't like the game. I agree. I agree. You know, Jim, before you came on this show, it, it was early in the year. They had the Mark Colombo incident uh, with Joe Judge. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on that? Should I, I mean, Mark Colombo had no business exploding at the head coach the way he did. He should have yeah. kept it in-house. You can't embarrass the head coach. But what's your take on that? I think what happened was is that you know, Jason had brought Mark Colombo in from Dallas, and that was Jason's guy. And he thought that the authority was through Jason, not Judge. And that's the danger of it when you're coaching is bringing in people that are not who have not worked with you before. A lot of coaches won't hire people who haven't worked with them before because they want to know their personalities, their characteristics and things. And Joe Judge didn't know Colombo. And that's not saying Colombo's a bad coach or anything. It was just that. He didn't fit what Joe Jumbo, uh, Joe Judge wanted. And well, yeah. Well, folks, backstage right now, live from Met Stadium. I knew he'd do it. We got the Philly sports guy himself, Jamie Pags. He's all fired up. Jack will change his pick from the Giants winning 31 to 17 to the Eagles winning 31 to 17. Let's bring up Pags and see what's going on. How you doing, Pags? Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Oh, hey, Pags, you know I'm a Jersey guy, so I got some guys waiting for you out That's there. okay. I'm here. You know, at license plate guy is somewhere right around here. You know, I, I, of course, you know I go right in the middle of Giants country to go start starting up my stuff. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I, I just got here. It took me a second to park the car. Yeah, you know, now, now I'm here. I like Diego's by three. I tell you, I think it's going to be a little more than that. I, you know, I think it's going to be a little more than that. You know, listening on the way up here to Sports Talk Radio, I, I think everybody's got the Eagles going, which kind of scares me because I know that when all of when all of the media cho- chooses one side, usually the other side wins. So that makes me a little nervous. But uh, I, I think 
I think that they, they, they match up really well, the Eagles here to the Giants. I think that their front seven of their defense is going to have a really difficult time dealing with the run. And yeah. I think that that's going to cause an issue. Listen, I agree. The Giants' run defense is a lot weaker than it was last year. That's for sure. And you got two good, you got two good running backs, good offensive line. And you got a quarterback that can run. That's going to give the Giants fits. And I'm going to tell you, Pags, again, this week I picked – you know who I root for. I picked the Eagles to win. Unlike the other two co-hosts here that think one thinks the Giants are going to kill the Eagles, and I don't know what he's smoking, but uh, I don't. Yeah, know. I figure it's the, I figure it's the Cowboy fan who's no. all sitting there. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, then if it's that guy up there, he's thinking he's trying to like wishful thinking for next week after we stomp. We're going to do the New York two-step. We're going to stomp the Giants and then stomp the Jets. Bam, bam. <laughs> all right, there you go, there you go. So, and so actually, I think today, I, I'll be honest, I think today, I think that the Giants are going to start off pretty strong. I, they, I think that the energy in the stadium is going to be good. The Giants circled this game, you know, the beginning of the season, when they put out the schedule, they circled this game. They also said, you know what, just to add a little insult to injury, we're going to retire Michael Strahan's number today. So uh, they, they, they took a little step. You know, same thing from what Dallas did. You know, Dallas needed that little extra something. So they, you know, they retired Jimmy Johnson that day and such like that. So they're putting Michael Strahan out the pasture today. You know, he's going to go there and he's going to, you know, end his career. You know, the end of that, they're going to put his number up there. whoop de doo Yeah, I think it ain't going to matter. I think that the Eagles are going to take care of business. Oh, they had to pay for Eli Manning early in the year. The Giants still lost that game to the Atlanta Falcons of all teams. So well, I and you know, they weren't going to do Eli Manning with the Eagles because we loved playing Eli Manning. Yeah. yeah, so Eli Manning did what? I think I think his last, well, obviously, I mean, the Eagles have won, what, seven of the last eight games? Yeah. You know, and you know, at all-time record, you know, all-time record, the Giants are the only one that we actually have above 500 record on, you know, yeah, throughout yeah. the entire yeah. NFC East. So well, listen, that goes way back to Frank Gifford in, you know, in that hit in the championship game. I it mean, goes before that, too, actually. So even before Frank Gifford. Well, well, Pags, we're not talking about 1800s when they were running around with no helmets and, and orange peels for mouthpieces, okay? We're talking modern NFL, please, all right? So anyway, Pags. What are you looking for uh, for the Eagles' defense? Because I know your offense is going to do pretty well against the Giants' defense. The Giants are gonna, probably going to have to try to match you. Giants still got weapons. They still got speed on at the receiver. They got some of the fastest receivers in the league, too. I don't think Saquon – from what I read, Saquon is not playing, which I think is good for the Giants because then they got one running back. They run that running back and, and stop messing around with the backfield. But anyway, so how is your defensive backfield going to match up with Slayton, with uh, Ross, with uh, with with the young rookie receiver they got right now, I think that's gonna that's gonna be very important for you guys to win this game. Uh, well, I think Slay is uh, Slay is going to be able to take care of one of those guys. It's going to be the other guys that are going to really need to you know step up their game a little bit. Uh, again, this is one of these areas where I'm a little nervous about their tight end. I have no idea who their tight end is. It's not going to matter, though. I think that that guy's going to get some catches today. Uh, beyond that, I think that we just got to pressure. Again, I don't, I don't trust their offensive line. So I think that if we tile up a couple of blitzes, we should be able to get some pressure on 
on Danny Dimes. You know, pick six Daniel Jones, as I like to call him, because I feel like we're going to get one today. So, uh, but I, I, I feel like that if, if we get some pressure and Gannon calls up a little bit of pressure, I think Gannon's got this defense figured out now, and he's actually doing things the way that they need to do it rather than, uh, you know, let's, let's play back and have my defensive end try to cover a tight end, which never works. I think Jalen Hurts could have a big game. Leonard Williams has been a major disappointment for the Giants this year, and I wonder because he got a new contract, whether that figured into it or not. He's taking a step back. He's too young for that. And also Blake Martinez, the Giant linebacker, the lead on their defense being out for the year, makes a difference. And the growth of Jalen Hurts continues. I mean – even if the Eagles don't win, I look for him to have a good game today. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's just going to keep going with what he's doing, you know, and that's that's going to be the most important thing. Keep progressing. Keep making steps forward. That's going to be the biggest deal. If you're not taking the steps forward, if they take a step backwards, it's going to be all the great gaps. Ground that they gained over the last few weeks with the fan base, we you know just in the division, all disappears. So you got to be able to continue to move forward. If we're going to have any chance of being able to try to catch Dallas, and I don't know that we're going to, you know, Dallas has got a pretty easy schedule too moving forward. However, they play the Philadelphia in Philadelphia, they play Washington twice, and they play the Giants in New York. Well, yeah, but they also play Arizona. Yeah, so Arizona, Arizona, I'm counting as a loss for you guys, which means that if we were to, if we were to just hold serve, you know, that last game could actually be for the division. Yeah, I don't know that it's going to happen that way. I think that I think that you know the Eagles are going to have. Uh, I think Washington's coming home pretty strong. I think that we're going to have one slip. You know that we're not going to go into the playoffs with a nine-game winning streak. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I think that that's just really hard to do. According to Jack, you're going to. Slip today, buddy. You're gonna slip bad today, according to Jack. So, uh, well, I, you know, of course, I, Jack. I that's why Jack's a boxing writer and not an NFL writer. <laughs> Let me tell you, I didn't give you credit yesterday. I was with Joe Santa Laquito, who you debated before the season began how good the Eagles were going to be, and he said they'd only win a few games maximum. So I said, Joe, you know, the Eagles have uh, been a real big surprise this year. And he said, no one could see that coming. And I should have opened my mouth and gave you credit, Pax, but I didn't say you anything. Credit, Pax, they yeah, I said nine and eight. I did say nine and eight. I was getting the doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo in my ears, you know, from Mac and stuff like that, saying that I was I was crazy for thinking such things. Oh, my God. And now... And now look at that. So <laughs> I would love for the Eagles to have a chance to win the division the last game of the year. And the, I don't know who the Giants are playing, but I'd see, love to see Joe Judge take his foot off the accelerator and then the Eagle fans whine about it not getting into the playoffs. Good point. Good point. Wow. Yeah, I don't know that that's going to happen. I think the Eagles got their can control their own destiny. And if the Giants were able to control their own destiny last year, they'd have made it into the playoffs. The problem was is that they stunk, and they only won six games, and they, they tried to come on a little too strong, and then cried about it, still crying about it. I got I bought tons of tissues for everybody today so that they could cry to me and let me know, oh, well, we were just so unhappy that you guys lost to Washington Blah, why did you pull out your quarterback? Blah, 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 blah. Wait, wait a minute, Jack. Yeah. Wait a minute, Jack. Pags, karma is something. 
And Jack brings up a great point. If I'm Joe Judge, I'm putting a wide receiver quarterback on that last game so you guys don't make the playoffs, and then you guys will be crying. Yeah, that's. But that means that we got to be. We have to need to win that game, and whoever they're playing has got to win so that we don't make it. I don't know that that happens. Like I said, we control our own destiny. Right. New York's going to control their own destiny, and they got to be good enough to win those games. All you know, right. so I, it doesn't matter. And then, and then, if he was to go ahead and do that, all that whining and crying that he did last year was that all oh, the sanctity of the game and blah 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 would all be bull. Would all be bull. So I know that he ain't going to do that. I'd be pumped up too. Yeah, but I'm not on top of that. On top of that, this game, I tell you what, this game is going to have some ramifications for the Giants for years to come, I think. I think this game is a really big deal. If they lose this game and they lose this game in a big way, I think Joe Judge is out. You know what I mean? I don't think I don't think it matters what happens the rest of the season. I think that he saved his neck using you know using uh you know, the clapper using the clapper as the game. Two coaches in four years, I can't see it. Me either. But you know, what is it? Well, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I think that I think that the Eagles win today. Uh, I have it at like twenty-seven, twenty-three. I, I feel like the Giants actually have a very good first half. I wouldn't be surprised to see the score 21 to 3 or 21 to 7 going into the half. But I think the Eagles, all they got to do is hold serve and just do what they do best. Don't get flustered. I think Giants are going to have a barrage that comes out. And then, and then in the second half, because they've stunk in the second half. And I think that that's when the Eagles are going to make the adjustments and be able to come back and win the game. So I got it at like 27-23, uh, maybe 30-23. to 23. Okay. Right. Wait, wait, what I don't understand, Max said Saquon Barkley, he heard us out. I heard he was questionable. He was probably going to play. Okay. I heard questionable. I heard questionable and probable too. So, okay. uh, but I, I know their receivers are out. A lot of their receivers are out. Uh, and a couple of their offensive and defensive linemen. So I mean, that, everybody's dealing with injuries. So it's not like that's a surprise. Uh, I don't. I don't. You know, this game. This game is going to speak for itself, as as Sneaky G would say. He's not around yet. I tried to call him. He ain't awake yet. So I, I was trying to get him on the horn to be able to say, "Hey, Sneaky, it's time. It's game day." And uh, he hasn't answered the phone yet. But doesn't a defensive game plan have to get adjusted if Saquon Barkley is all of a sudden out? Because I would assume that they're keying on him, and they have to assume he's going to be a good Saquon Barkley. And all of a sudden, I don't. I don't know that they need to key on Saquon Barkley. I don't know that that's that's part of the defensive plan. I mean, he's been hurt. He hasn't really hurt the Eagles anytime he's played us. I mean, I think he's had one really good run. After that, it hasn't been much of anything. So. I, I think that there's there's some stuff to be said, but I, I don't know that it's a big deal. What's up, my man? <laughs> All right, we got man, a jet fan over here. There you go. There's, there's, there's a guy with jets, man. <laughs> He's a week early, but that's all right. <laughs> He's got to get a good seat, Bags. Hey, Bags, thanks for joining us live uh, from Mets Stadium. We appreciate you coming and taking some time. Good luck today, and we'll see if it's right. Hey, I'm, I think the Eagles will win, too. We'll see what happens, Pax. Uh, have a good weekend, guys. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. And go Birds! Yeah! All right, Pax. There you go. 
Oh, I love having that guy out here. How would Pags have made out in the Dallas Cowboy parking lot like that? Oh, he oh, did he, it. He did it. He, he did it. Anyway. No, no, I mean back in the day when you were playing. Back in the day. It would have been fine. Great it was fun. He would have, him and Crazy Ray would have been going at it. And okay. it would have been hilarious. Yeah, I mean, listen, listen. He, If you ever get a shot, folks, go look at his, his Facebook page with some of the interviews he does. He goes right in the lion's den. Oh, and a couple yeah. times he, he talks big. A couple times he got a little nervous. I'll tell you that. The fans weren't having any of it, but he he, he ends up making friends with him and stuff. Yeah, he's he really does. cool. Yeah, he's a really cool dude. So anyway, so that's the Philly sports guy with his uh, update live from Met Stadium. Who else gives you these kind of things? But the Mac Jack and Jim Big Football Show. Nobody does that. So guys, we were at the Eagles talking about the Eagles and Pags pops on. That's very very timely. Let's let's continue on as we got the Falcons and the Jags playing. Real interesting to me. I think the Jags, we thought we're gonna start making a move. They kind of they kind of they fell off. The Falcons, we said, well, listen, they got a good team, they're solid, they got an experienced quarterback, and they've been losing. So it is a pick'em, and I'm just gonna go with the Jags because I just want to see. The Jags win a game. That's that's the reason why I'm going with the Jags, Jack. You know, when I was on the airplane going to Vegas uh, last week, it was on a Thursday night. So I entertained myself. I watched the whole Patriot-Falcon game. It was brutal. Oh, the Falcons were pathetic on offense. And, uh, you know, and I felt even Matt Ryan, uh, you know, potential Hall of Famer, he was even bad. I mean, they were terrible. And it took them forever to get the ball to Kyle Pitts. And they were pathetic. I mean, I don't want to overplay it. I know how bad Jacksonville is. But I'm, I can't pick the Falcons over anyone after last week. And even when the game was out of reach, they throw, you know, bring in two new backup quarterbacks. Josh Rosen throws a pick six. You know, and that, that was my boy even. I was hoping to salvage something out of the game. Falcons were so the worst performance of the year by an NFL team, you know, against the Patriots. I'm going with Jacksonville to beat them by a touchdown uh, today. What do you think, Jim? I'm going the other way. I think that uh, the Falcons, I'm with Pickles. I'm going with the Falcons. I think uh, Matt, uh, Ryan has been embarrassed the last couple of weeks, and he's got pride. And I think they're going to find a way to win this game, and I'm going to go with – the Falcons. I think they have a little more ability than Jacksonville. All right. So there you go. So Jim going opposite. Uh, but hey, you know what I like just quickly? The Jacksonville Jaguar defense it plays with a lot of enthusiasm week in, week out. I mean, they really, really play hard. I think their problem is they just haven't been able to execute offensively. But defensively, they, they seem to have all bought in. Mm -hmm. What happens? We got the Chargers and the Broncos. Broncos getting two and a half. The Chargers may have found their 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 team again from last week. Everybody thought that they were going to raise a little heck this year. I'd like the Chargers. Broncos are solid. I'm not taking nothing away from the Broncos. They do have a, a good team. They're not great, but they do have a good team. I think the Chargers potentially have a great team. We'll see them by the end of the season. I'm going to go with the Chargers, guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with the Chargers by a touchdown. I mean, I'm not as familiar with Vince Fangio's background as others, as you are, Jim. He's supposed to be a defensive genius. 
But, you know, the Denver defenses have been quite average, you know, since he's been the coach there. Uh, you don't know which Denver team's going to show up. They get rid of Von Miller. You think they're giving up on the season. And then they go into Dallas and they win decisively there. But I think the Chargers are more of a team on an upswing. And I think Denver's treading a little water. You know, they seem quite average. And I don't see them getting better as time goes along necessarily. But the Chargers, I do. I'm going to go with Denver. But... I do like Herb, Herbert, but uh, Chargers, if I was reading correctly, have a couple of injuries this week, and that's why I'm going to go with uh, Denver. I think Denver is better than people give them credit for, and they play people tough, and they're a hard-nosed team, and that's Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio has had success in defense wherever he's been, and I think that they'll do just enough. It's in uh, Denver, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I think Denver will win, and Pickles makes it about three by three. Okay. Does that, a team like Denver have an edge at the end of games because they're playing at high altitude? Like I used that? to think that until Philly beat them in Denver. <laughs> 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 but playing a division opponent, they know they're going to play in Denver. They're going to prepare for it. And I just think uh, the Chargers are treading water right now with the injuries. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, everybody has injuries, Jim, but we'll see what happens. I mean, well, I I just think that I just think that the the Chargers are are on the on the cusp, and we'll see. Denver's a good team. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if they win. Rams are getting one uh, at Green Bay. Heard a lot of stories about uh, you know Rogers' uh, turf toe, and I know that is pretty uh, pretty uh, painful. I imagine they'll deaden that if he still has it. Uh, I imagine he's going to go. Listen, to me, this is the Rams' big test to me because they played terrible the last two weeks. Green Bay, even though they lost, they still played well against the Vikings. I mean, if listen, if 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 the Rams lose, and they lose pretty well against Green Bay, I think the Rams are done this year. I don't know what you think, Jack. The Rams have lost two in a row. If they can't, you know – get highly motivated for this game. I mean, they'll be highly motivated anyway. Anytime you play against Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, you're up for the game because these are two powerhouse teams. You know, I'm intrigued by Aaron Rodgers' toe injury. I mean, can't they tape it up or do something? I mean, he's not the most mobile quarterback as is, but that's become like the big issue. And I think we're getting to the point of the year where the Rams know they're going to be in the playoffs. The Packers know they're going to be in the playoffs. I think teams are starting to eye the finish line a little bit at this point, even though it's a week at a time proposition to see who can maybe get the bye. And if the Rams, uh, the Ram Packer loses, it's going to be a blow to them as far as getting that bye, playing one less game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams coming off two losses in a row. To edge it out 19 to 16. Mason Crosby, the pack of field goal kicker, really concerns me. I mean, he's been steady over the years, but he's been so erratic this year. And I just have a feeling he's going to miss a big field goal in this spot and it's going to cost the Packers. And then they're going to have to address the kicking situation like a lot of teams tend to do in season to see who's available, who they could bring in. But Mason Crosby does concern me. I think um, what's going to happen is um, this is going to be the game of the week, obviously. 
uh, first of all. Jalen Ramsey is going to follow tail Devontae Adams, but do they have anyone? I forgot their secondary receiver's name, but he's pretty good too. And it's going to be a tough game. I think that what's going to determine this is the Green Bay Packers have a better running game than the Rams. And I don't know what the uh, weather is going to be like in Green Bay just, uh, today, but I'm just going just on the fly. I'm going out on the limb again. I'm going to take Green Bay. Okay. I think Green Bay is going to win this game. Okay. Well, Chelsea, I think the Rams' defense is a lot better than the Packers' defense. That's the reason why I give uh, the Rams the edge. And I'll tell you the truth. Jack said they're both going to playoffs. I don't guarantee the Rams are going to playoffs. Rams yeah. keep playing the way they're playing. They, they got yeah. six games left. I mean – you know, you've lost two in a row. Yeah, I mean, you got San Francisco. I think the Rams are too good of a team. A lot like the Cowboys. They've been exposed. Yeah. They have been exposed. I think so. We say they're too good of a team. And it doesn't look like this. This is when this is when a good team start playing good. And yeah. right now, the Rams aren't playing good. Yeah. Like December is when you got to make your push. Yeah. December is Wednesday. So we'll see, Jack. I, I think the Rams are a good team too, but I don't know. I mean, you got a lot of teams. Minnesota, you got you got San Francisco, you've got the Eagles sitting there. Mm-hmm. Are the Rams going to make the playoffs? We'll find yeah. out. I, I'm not so sure. You got the um, Niners. Speaking of the two teams, Niners minus three at the Vikings, and you said that that was. I think this is the game of the week, uh, Jim. Yeah. Really, I mean, you're talking two teams that are just starting to come together. Vikings have. Lost all year by a few points. They're starting to win again. The 49ers have not got their stuff together. I think this is going to be the best game of the week. And and both of these teams are alive in the playoffs. And, it's, and both teams may not be able to afford a loss. So I think everything is on the line for these two teams. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Vikings with the points, but I don't know if the Vikings are going to beat the Niners or not. I'll take the three. What do you think, Chad? I'll tell you, week in, week out, I mean, and Jim could attest to this, you know, from his years uh, when the Cowboys were elite, you can't get up for every game, just can't. And when you're in a close game week after week after week, eventually you kind of mentally collapse for a week. And the Vikings have been in so many tight games. But guess what? If the season ended today, they've come all the way back. They'd actually be in the playoffs So they can actually afford to take their foot off the accelerator for one week. If they lose to the 49ers, there's time to come back. They still make the playoffs. 49ers are the team with the momentum coming on. The Vikings are kind of doing a balancing act right now. And I like the Niners. And Garoppolo is kind of establishing himself not only as a quarterback this year, I could see him being their quarterback next year, starting over Trey Lance. So there's a different mindset there, and there's more upside to the Niners. I'd like them to win by 12 points or so. Well, it was interesting in the paper. I don't know if you read it. Kyle Shanahan said uh, that there's a possibility that Jimmy G comes back next year. They're only a possibility, but he said that Trey Lance is the quarterback of the future, which I thought was an interesting statement. In itself, I think the 49ers are rounding around, uh, rounding about. But I'm like I've always said, I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan, uh, fan, but he is playing well, and they can run the ball. And every game is a desperation game for Minnesota. So I'm gonna go with Minnesota in Minnesota because the pickles that ass. The game's in Minnesota, 
and I hate that doing horn, but I'm obviously we're prepared <laughs> today. <laughs> Is Mike Zimmer off the hot seat? If if he gets to the playoffs and has a couple of uh, games success in there, yes. But if he doesn't, then there's a possibility they could let him go. Yeah, I mean, and he, and listen, he's been the Vikings over his tenure have played really well. They've been in a they've been a championship game. I mean, they, yeah. you know. This is a good coach. I think it would. I think it would be a, the Vikings would be a fool to let Mike Zimmer go because some of the teams could have scooped him right up. No question. No question. Yeah, I, I think they'd be very foolish. What do you think about real quick? Because we got a couple minutes. What do you think about the nine? The Niners coming on now? Is it too late? I mean, I know. I know. Listen. What are they? Five and six or six and five? I'm not I'm sure. Not sure. I'm not sure. I know it's, it's either one of those. But I think um, this is a team is similar to Philly. They started to get healthy. They're starting to get guys back. They're starting to to play like we thought they would play at the beginning of the year because um, I think I had them going to the uh, Super Bowl. Me too. And I thought they had the talent. And um, they're starting to play up to their talent. And what they're adjusting to, the injuries they had on the secondary, and that's what the big thing is. Their secondary is playing better. They're pretty good up front. They're yeah. pretty good up front. And I think that they're starting to play like we thought they played earlier in the season. But it's just a part of the game. Some teams start at this point, start really pushing. And they're pushing. Philadelphia's pushing for a playoff spot. And there's other. Minnesota is another team. And this yeah. is when you got to play well. You know, it's who's playing best at the end of the year. Of course, the Niners can make the playoffs, the additional wildcard teams this year. And once they get in the playoffs, people tend to look at the seasonal record. Look at the record the last few weeks. I mean, look at the way the team's been playing the last few weeks, even a couple of weeks before going into the playoffs. I mean, I've said it before. Tampa Bay was 7-5 and five last year. They were struggling. Everyone was saying, what's the matter with Tampa Bay? Brady's past his prime, this and that. And from seven and five, they didn't lose another game. They kind of yeah. went on a run. And, you know, we don't look behind the lines. Even the Kansas City Chief team last year, they were 14 and two, but there were a lot of close victories where that 14 and two could have easily been 10 and six. But because they had the reputation as Super Bowl champs, we tend to look at a team a certain way. We look at their reputation more than the reality of how they're playing. Well, you know, there's, there's two things I look at this time of the year. First of all, who's got the best running game? And a lot of people think it's a run, it's a passing league. Well, you know something, folks? I'm going to tell you right now, if you can't run the ball, you're not going to win in the NFL. No, I don't care. Course. And I look at the defense. It's a defense coming around. And right now, San Francisco is back to running the ball, and Jimmy G is coming play action. And that's what there's – that's what and playing great defense. And that's what got them to the Super Bowl. And they're starting to do that again. The same thing with Minnesota. I think this is the game of the week. I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a hell of a game. Running Watch. the ball. Now, this is what I wanted to ask you guys. Thank you for reminding me. When the Buccaneers played the Giants and Tom Brady ran with the ball and he slid and his spikes were out, I never recall seeing anything like that. He went in with his spikes in the air and he actually spiked the defender. I mean, is there any rule on that? And it looked like it may have been deliberate. I, I'm not saying it was. It looked like it may have been. You guys recall that play? No, I don't recall. Oh, he ran with the ball and Brady slid. 
but his leg went up with the spike and he spiked, you know, the defensive play. I mean, I would be outraged. Once a quarterback does that, I don't care, Jim. Next time I'm coming down with an elbow on his leg if he spikes me. I've never tried to hurt a guy. But, you you know, you start that nonsense, anything goes at that point. It's a quarterback's league, Jack. They don't find quarterbacks for anything. Yes, yes. Not at all. Not at all. So I think it's a wide receiver's league because the cornerbacks can't do anything. You look at a wide receiver the wrong way, they throw a flag. Jack, did you see the – and I'm not making this excuse. Did you see the Raiders game last week? No, and, uh, car puts his head like this, like he got hit in the head. Yeah, yeah. They didn't even see anything, and they threw the flag. Yeah, he yeah, he started I laughing. I Come know. on, man. I know, I know. You so know, guys, Kyle, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's let's continue. So we got the Ravens at the Browns. The Ravens are giving the Browns for it. I'm gonna tell you right now, guys. The Browns are a, are great against the Ravens. The matchup is terrible. You also got Chubbs coming back. I'm telling you right now, the Browns are going to win this game. I don't care if the Ravens are giving them the points or not. Cleveland is a bad matchup for the for the Ravens. I, I and and supposedly, whether it's good or not, Mayfield is healthy. We'll see. But with Chubbs back and the Browns' physical offensive line and that that running game, I think the Browns beat. The Ravens today. Well, I hear Kareem Hunt is coming back. Well, here. Kareem Hunt is so, back. So yeah, so they're running game. Uh, you know, but Baker Mayfield still has the bad shoulder on his non-throwing uh, side. And listen, I'm going to go with the Ravens to win this game. You know, Lamar Jackson's due to for a little of his magic again. But let me say this, and you can hold me to it. Cleveland's going to lose this game. Then they're going to go on a run, and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. That's the prediction. I'm staying to it. They're going to go to the Super Bowl, but they will lose today and then go to the Super Bowl, kind of go on that run that we talked about. Yeah, they're going to run to the Super Bowl. That's Miles Garrett is going to play lights out the rest of the way. Not that he hasn't been really good this year. Yeah, well, if it's a marathon, Cleveland will win running to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to go on a run to the Super Bowl. What do you think, Jim? All I know is this is going to be a physical game. That's all I know. And all you, both of you make great points on these teams. But I kind of agree with Jack that Lamar Jackson, Magic, and I think they can disrupt um, Baker Mayfield just enough for Baltimore to win this game. I think Baltimore is going to find a way to win it. Win it. And uh, this is a tough game to pick. Because Cleveland does with uh, Kareem. But if I was going to run the ball, the team I wouldn't want to run it against is Baltimore. Because Baltimore. I You have convinced me, Jim. Me and Pickles are picking the Browns. And I don't regularly bet on games, but I'm betting on the Browns this week. Thank you, Jack. Okay. All right. So I'm going to have to go with Baltimore. I know you are. That's why I'm telling you. Anyway. Football team. That's how they put it in the paper now. It's not even the Washington football team. They just say football team. They're minus one at the Seahawks. Listen, Seahawks are in trouble. I don't. I don't. I. I. I don't think they'll even compete with uh, the Washington football team this week. No matter how good Wilson is, there are rumors the Giants are going to make a play for Wilson in the offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Um, but I like uh, Washington over the Seahawks Monday night. What do you think, Jack? 
You know, we talked about teams being forced to rebuild rather than do it by choice. I think that's going to be the case with the Seattle Seahawks. It must be torture for a coach like Pete Carroll to, you know, play these remaining games. How, how do you keep up your enthusiasm? <laughs> the rest of the team who's been there, who's been with a winning program all these years, and now they see it's no longer the case and there's no sign of it getting better, at least this year. I'm not saying Seattle has mailed it in, but they're not relevant this year. And Washington's actually been coming on and they're fulfilling their potential. I know Chase Young being out for the year and their defense has been a little disappointing, but Washington's on an upswing. And I, I like them to win something like 27 to 17. What do you think, Jim? I'm going to have to go with Washington, too. I think they're on there with losing Sweat and Chase Young, Montez Sweat. But I think um, Washington is on upswing. I don't know. Um, If you remember, the owner of um, the Seahawks passed away last year, and his uh, either his daughter or his wife is running it. And I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a change with Pete Carroll. It wouldn't shock me. And I know we say, well, he's won been to the Super Bowl twice, but it might be at a point where they're starting to think, is this worth it? Pete Carroll might want to leave, Jim. He might. I'm thinking he'll get a he'll get a good job somewhere. I think he's he's done. He's 70 years old. I think he's all set Washington's guys let's let's get into our we only got a few minutes left. Underdog picks there's nobody six points or less I'm adjusting the rules here. It's got to be more than three points. Okay, so it's got to be three and a half and over. So the teams we're picking from is the Browns plus four at Baltimore. They're home. Uh, We got uh, Pittsburgh plus three and a half at Cincinnati. Tennessee plus five and a half at New England. The Giants plus three and a half at, at home versus... Of course, the Eagles. So, There's no need to fear. Underdog is here. When criminals in this world appear and break the laws that they should fear and frighten all who see or hear, the cry goes up of far and near for underdog. So, guys, I'm going to stay with what I said. I think that uh, uh, Cleveland's a terrible matchup for Baltimore. I love the Browns here, even the win. But I'm definitely going to take the Browns with four points. You got Jack. I got I got to go with the Giants. I mean, there's like an urgency this week with Jason Garrett being let go and the premises of Joe Judge how it's going to be different. There's immediate urgency. This is the Giants' equivalent of a Super Bowl for this week, and I think they'll get it done and win the game. Against I'm, the going, I'm going to go with Tennessee. I think Tennessee and Vrabel has been 2-0 and against New England, and they obviously had to have Brady and, and Cam Newton. So I'm going to go with Tennessee. All right, so there you got it, folks. And remember, our underdog picks – have been really winning out, either two out of three or three out of three. Thanks for joining us today on the Mac, Jack, and Jim Big Football Show. Got Jack up tomorrow night on Glove Fist. You got Jim and Byron up big on uh, um, me talking talking shop with the NFL's all-time leading rusher as a guest, Emmett Smith. 
So if you get a chance, go to YouTube, check out Glove Fist Monday, and uh, check out JMB Talking Shop Wednesday night. So, folks, thanks for joining us. Mac and Jack Show will be back on Thursday. Enjoy the games, and I hope your team wins. Have a good one.